1: Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps.
0: We have Ariana Bosco on the line, and we're so uh, excited to welcome you on to the show. We had one of your brothers on the show. And um, we did talk about a film um, that if you want to tell our audiences about to call the Fabulous Filipino Brothers, he was on to talk about it. It's showing at Camp Fest this year in San Francisco. But um, I'd love to hear your take on the film. And then we have a lot more questions to talk to you about.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yep, I'm Ariana Lady Bosco and I am in Fabulous Filipino Brothers as well as uh, helped co-write it or co-wrote. Uh, fabulous Filipino brothers, um, and Fab Filipina brothers, man, it's um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a labor of um, of love. I was written into it from the start, and when we did the first table read, I was like, mm-hmm. "This is very good, and I love you guys, and this is awesome." And I think you guys wrote yourselves very well. (laughs) I've I've watched them all my lives. We've studied together. We've done art together. I know what their strengths are. I thought it was a brilliant script for them and to um, showcase like what they can do because they're incredible. They're incredible artists. They're incredible actors. They are actually, I hope you have the opportunity to meet all of my brothers. They're incredible human beings, really. Um, um, But that being said, you know, when you when you're concentrating on so much, something in your life, um, other things tend to tend to lack. And it's really beautiful because, you know, all the nuances of that thing. And for my brothers, it's each other, which is wonderful. But then when it came to women, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's happening here. We need to... Come on, we need to. Yeah. So um, I thought to to uh, to help them. I mean, I was like, no, no, I think we really need to look at this again. And, um, and then, you know, and then this is what we ended up with uh, when picture got locked and, and all the edits. And I was really happy to see, um, uh, yeah, a lot of my writing writing in there. And, and even, I mean, I helped with the female characters, but of course you can't rewrite or create (laughs) female characters without also altering, um, the male characters but in that too i'm also a, a good study of my brothers and i've and i love them dearly and i and i uh can stay true to their um, to their voices and and what they were going for in their vignettes so
0: well the film would not be i don't think complete without literally your voice in your voice over in the film um and we can talk more about that in a minute um and also not to, we're not going to uh, you know, blow anything about the ending, but also, you know, you drop the mic. Um,
1: <laughs> can
0: you, can, I mean, we, it, it was a conversation with your brother. It was before we talked with your brother. We're like, um, who's this? And we need to know more about Ariana. So can you talk about adding literally your voice to the, the film? And um, were your brother's like,
2: cool? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they always had it. Or Dante specifically, um, Dar's always looking out. But I think they always had it in their back, in the back of the mind, the general um, setup, the payoff at the end, so that there I I would uh, be able to uh, to narrate the film. But the narrations initially, along with all the other kind of the female characters, like it, it, it was. Um, As everything is is to move the plot along but you know why watch a story if you're just watching bullet points um so when I really went in there and started to really dive into okay this is this is what she could say this is what and then we went through kind of renditions too because I'm a spoken word poet as well as everything that I do and I know Dante wanted a little bit more like at one point we were toying with a little bit more like me having a bit more of a spoken wordy kind of narration which would have been dope and and just innately as I was rewriting it, it a little bit of that rhythm comes out but not but not it's not pressed i mean it's really just about it i wouldn't say it's poetry but i'd say it was poetic some of the things that i that i was able to put on page and say um but yeah they were they were initially there there are four different individuals so there's different points of views on it um yeah there's a little pushback sometimes but then sometimes but then there there was support there too and I just once they said go ahead I just I just went with it I expanded a bunch of scenes and like and added a bunch of stuff in in the in the vignettes aside from uh, in addition to um my narration parts and just like kind of reshaping some of the scenes I'm like that doesn't pay off that doesn't matter she's this this has to be earned like nobody care like we got to set that up better um we got to get to know these people a, a little bit better even though yes you're you're writing a movie and there is there is a focal point. It's called the Fabulous Filipino Brothers. Totally get that. But that's not anything without the counterpart of what's setting that up. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't just have like dope monologues. That's not going to work. That's (laughs) not going to work, brothers. No, 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 You can't (laughs) just have these women in here just to bounce off of, you know. So, um, but so, but they, you know, they got it in the end and they, they kept a lot of it. And I'm really, I'm really pleased with it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you you make the film absolutely. and And I want to know about growing up Filipino as the baby because I, I'm also the baby, youngest of five, but I have four older sisters. So uh, what <laughs> yeah. what was it like because we we all know the boys get get babied and coddled way more, regardless of of age, right? But what was it like being the baby with four older brothers? You know, did they were you the princess to them? Did they kind of punk you around and make you tough? What was that like?
2: Um, I, you know, when I, when I meet the brother's friends, not so much these days, but just recently ended, I'll meet the brother's friends and, uh, and they'll say, oh, I didn't know you had a sister and I'll be like, story of my life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, so it, it was um completely the opposite of opposite of, of, a kind of a princess situation. Um, yeah, I think they 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 love me in their way, but, but because of the structure of our family and my parents are amazing and they've always doted on me and loved me and supported me, but the brothers being so close in age. And so, um, charismatic and when we were up in the bay they're break dancers and i break danced with them but you know they're they coined themselves i was part of the street freaks too if they were here i would tell them i was like we believe yes we were all we were all break dancers i mean i was much younger i retired when i was four guys i'm like wow oh, that was like <laughs> oh gee stop at your peak that's oh, yeah smart. Know. that's know. when you're most I
1: flexible was, that's my when body
2: was just <laughs> yeah. yeah they were throwing me around i was killing it um and the story goes when we moved down here, my mom um, came down with a hundred dollars and just moved us down here. And there's this um, little <laughs> there was a couple months there where I stayed behind with my father. Um, and then me and my dad joined later. But my brothers like to say, No, 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 you didn't move, you didn't come with us like right at the go. They make it sound like it was a year. I'm like, That it wasn't a year, guys, it was like a couple just a couple months. And then I was down here. So I don't know why you tell the story like I wasn't there. So that's been my whole life. These, these are my <laughs> brothers. <laughs> so it was, it, you know, and for that, it's, it is laughs, but it's definitely, um, which the Fabulous Filipino Brothers, there's definitely room for for a spin-off or my own narrative or the Fabulous Filipino Sister or, or many, actually, many different narratives. So this is just one, one story essentially in one point of view on on the Filipino family and, and these and these four brothers. But yeah, for uh for better or worse, we've had we've had rough times. I mean we didn't talk for seven years at one point. I thought it was like Done, skis. We're not going to be a family anymore like that. Um but we're enormously close now. We were enormously close before, but you know things this the the patriarchy is real. I mean it it's it's a It's a and it wasn't something that actually was um, surprisingly wasn't enforced by um, by like my parents or my family as much. I mean, it's always there. But what really like pulled us apart in many ways, Hollywood has been this great Mm -hmm. blessing to us. But then in a lot of ways, Hollywood and our experiences in Hollywood also really shaped our relationship and the divide between between me and them, which is, you know, not as much now.
0: (laughs) I was. Thank you for talking about that because I was doing a little digging on the internet about you, as we do about our guests, and it's like, you wow, too. okay, good. <laughs> you have to, right? It's there. Um, but you're you're a singer, you're a musician, you're a poet, you're a producer, you're you're a, a film writer and maker. And I was like, man, her brothers are her like the brothers, right? And that's that's who we've grown up knowing and knowing your brother Dante. Um, but we didn't know you. And I was like, that fucking sucks. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. it was, it was the brothers and a sister or it was just the family. So I, I don't know if I really have a question out of that but I was thinking about it, I'm glad you brought it up. So there was a little bit of divide for you guys or seven year divide and the and the patriarchy didn't help and American culture didn't help and neither did Hollywood culture. How did y'all come back together and how do you find that way and that spark to be creative again?
2: Uh, well, well, I think that I'm um you know, I'm I'm penai. I'm forgiving. I'm my mother. My mother is like all forgiving. And I but I'm also unlike my mom, I'm not afraid to be angry or emote rage at times. But um you know, it I didn't I never stopped being creative because I just a lifestyle. I mean, it's just what it's just what I've always been. I don't, it's not, I'm not really, it's, I'm not a noun. I'm kind of just, it. I'm a verb. Like I, you just keep, I'm creating, you know, I'm just creating things, um, at all stages of my life. And then it, it's forgiveness is a really huge thing. Wanting to heal more than you want to have the fight, you know, wanting to wanting to, um, win, when when win, win win a family, win a healing more than you want to be righteous. And I think that's where people sometimes get hung up in their differences with family members, for sure, and but also friendships and uh, re- boyfriend, girlfriend, r- girlfriend, romantic relationships, uh, being able to decipher, well, what, what do we want? Do you want to be right or do you want to be together or stay together or whatever the, the issue might be, right? And it's kind of... That's kind of the thing. So I think with us, with me, there was a lot of anger. But during that seven years, yeah, I moved to New York. I wrote a show. I was doing my own thing. like I traveled around the world. and and it was really tough and it and it was very hard. and and I had an opportunity there. I don't think anyone would have looked at me sideways if I like went over the cliff a little bit and and was just like, you know, just went over the cliff a little bit, tested some waters and got a little crazy. But for me, during that time was i couldn't uh, i really at that point i I, re- I was really had to be five children and me cuz the brothers weren't also talking to my parents so it kind of broke it, even if i i was so low but i couldn't put my parents through that you know i couldn't have my parents come to new york and get me out of a gutter like what that they already are you know like that's just so that was the most heartbreaking for me so so having having values and feeling responsible you know and accountable to a family that even when they're in in the face of adversity or this break where there may not be a light at the end of the tunnel still just doing the best you can you know because i still respect my family i still respect my parents i have some (laughs) self-respect to not not go totally overboard you know Mm -hmm. so think you just, you just do. And then, and then after that, uh, that, that seven years, cause that was like, uh, 99 to 2006.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I went on, you know, now I I'm a single mom of two with two different, I call them sperm donors. That's, <laughs> well, um, that's what they did. Um, that's what they did. Facts, then, facts. It's, yeah. it's facts. It, I mean, that's what the interaction was. Uh, and, um, and then you, you know, with that too, you just, you just keep going. and But I think that this was something that happened, like from, so not only am I, I, I'm like the last girl, obviously, You just met my brother. Um, when I was born, I was born with this condition called macrosia, which is basically I was born with one ear. So I'm totally deaf on one side of my ear, but also aesthetically, I don't have an ear. So growing up in that kind of just set environment, and just always feeling feeling different and kids are mean and th- there's all these stories with that so always kind of feeling like i gotta work harder i didn't even know that i had to work harder because i was an asian woman until later on in my life i was just working hard because i had one ear. then i was working hard because i wasn't you know included in the the brothers, like they, they weren't including me. Then I was working hard because we moved to these like we were in very like predominantly Latino and Black neighborhoods, and like where where where's my footing here, you know? So then I was working hard because I got in a performing arts high school, but then it was all white people, and I you pull up to the parking lot and the school the student parking lot and saw like Jaguars and Mercedes, and you're like, wait, where have I gone? Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> you know? So. It didn't even occur to me. And then the seven years happened and this, all the activism that I'm doing now with my arts organization, Palms Up Academy. And um, this wasn't until like, and yeah, we were hustling. We were paving the way for other Asians and we were doing things as a family and Dante was doing his thing and my brothers were doing their thing. And I continued to hold space. And, um, but I didn't, but this awakening of, oh, I also have to work hard because I'm Filipino. And now that I'm a Filipino woman, which I was already working hard just to get a a seat seat at the table, a seat at the table with my brothers. And it's like, oh, we need to work even harder to get a seat at the table, not even in Hollywood, but just like generally the general colonized scope. (laughs) Like, okay, Mm -hmm. here we are. Here we are. So to answer your question, you just do, you know, you find those pockets and. And and I'm not a and I'm not a fan of like struggle speech or trauma speech, but I know these things happen. I hold space for it. But I am more of a fan of like uh, proactivity and what can we do to get out of it? And how do we what do we create? What what platform can we provide? What what movie can we make? What mm-hmm. play can we make? What whatever, you know, what art can we make to to not just state the struggle, but actually in spite of the struggle, like, let's just shine. Can we just shine? Like can, it, it, we don't always have to be like part of the activism is combating it with not a lot of the speech talk is just doing it, singing the shit out of a song. Oh, I, am I allowed to cuss? It's called as much talk. as you want. Yeah, oh, yeah it's Yes, bring it. So like part of part of the activism for me and for my kids, too, it's like, I'm not going to sit here and bitch about your dad's for the what What the fuck. That's that's not the way that I'm going to use this time that I have that is as um, oppressed as it is, but as also as privileged as, as it is in its own ways, is to use it to actually shine light and like spread light and hope and. I don't know, hopefully, empower other people to feel empowered, so that they they too can do these things. They too feel like they can do these things, you know. Ooh, Ariana,
1: thank you uh, for sharing all of that. Um, I think it's so important for our listeners to hear that because, you know, on the surface, you, your family has been coined in LA as the the first Filipino entertainment family, and we and we see you out there, and and you're all. Um, you know, we, we look up to your family, but 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 shit's been really you've had struggles, you've had pains, you've had sacrifices, you've had to overcome a lot to get to where you are today. So I think that's that's really important for us to hear. Um, and I want to get to Palms Up because it's incredible. But before that, I want to talk about I want to let our listeners know that you also wrote a novella called Palms Up. And it's a, a series of letters, uh, from a mother to her unborn child. And something I read one of them. Oh, thank you. There you look at you ready. <laughs> That's what I'm talking it. about. Um, but I, I read, I read one of, one of them, uh, that I just wanted to highlight. It says, dear kids, being content with your life isn't about settling. It's about exercising happiness. And I love this concept of happiness being a muscle. You know, the more you use it, the stronger it'll be. So I, uh, I just uh, want to thank you for, uh, that uplifting I mean it really moved me when I read that and um and it's something that I'm going to practice
2: yeah I believe it I mean that's totally I tell that to to the folks at Palms Up all the time because it's if you're always if you're always operating from the mode of lack of how are you ever going to be ready when everything when everything that you wanted is in front of you how do you, how do you even, how, how do you know how to navigate a situation where you're just like so angry all the time about everything? And that's great. And a lot of people get, if you're a performer or a poet or what, you know, get a lot of attention for that. And awareness is important. And those those people are important, but for your own well being, for yourself, are you happy when you go to bed at night? Do you know your name? Do, do you know who your people are when you wake up in the morning? If you're that then all good all day. But if you're, angry all the time then when these good things happen I mean this is what I tell my kids like how are you even gonna know how to respond you don't even know yourself in happiness you don't even know yourself in joy when something good happens to you and how to just receive it because the yeah the inhale is just as important as the exhale right like otherwise it's not breathing it's called suffocating yourself or something Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so yeah happiness is is definitely a muscle I believe that I believe at 100. And so is everything else. I think that's part of the acting training, right? When you we grow up in class and we're exploring all these emotions and all of that. When just to be able to cry right now, like that—that's a—that's a—that's a muscle to be able to access that, to be able to access these emotions, and and that's part of what Palms Up Academy is—is is like this kind of breeding ground to nurture artists who never, especially Asian artists especially artists of color who never had the opportunity to even be looked at as like not the Asian poet in the room or the Asian actor who came in or the or the um, casting all ethnicities. okay I got to be the best, whatever. But just like as an artist, like as a with the decency of just like, yo let's let's talk art. Let's talk your emotions. Let's break down how these things happen moment to moment like all of these things that I've learned throughout my life that that I was fortunate enough to be looked at as an artist and and uh, and treated as one with dignity and with and really get into the work more than it was about the bullshit really you know so yeah well
0: I we're already basically at time but I want you to talk about as we wrap I know (laughs) oh my goodness Uh, as we wrap though talk about Palms Up where did it come from when did it start where can people find it what's it all about
2: please yeah Um, Palms Up Academy is at Palms Up Academy Palms Up Academy is a moniker that has had many names throughout the years Um, so you know I, I I if, if, if the real, like the true, true history of Palms Up would have to be that my brother started DPL, the Poetry Lounge, which is the largest and longest running poetry lounge in in, uh, in the States and possibly globally. And that started in the 90s in our living room. And I was always so like, you know, of course, I was inspired by that. I was a teenage kid. I'm like, what's up? Yeah, right. right. and uh, And then we had our breakup. And I did some stuff in New York, and and then when I came back, when I came back to L.A., I had actually not yet we we hadn't made up. I just decided I'm I'm gonna move back to L.A. I want to be closer to my parents. And I don't want to I want to go back to L.A. And and when I came back to L.A., um, I hated that feeling of not belonging because I was ostracized from this from this group that we were in because blah blah blah. It's part of the seven years. Um, so I was just like innately like, I'm gonna I'm gonna provide space. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna create space. I'm gonna provide space for artists. And I used to run this spot called Tard and Feathered, but I wasn't even hosting then. I was just like producing it. So it was called Tard and Feathered. Um, because it, it's just that. I feel like everyone's felt like they've been Tard and Feathered. So I made a zine and I hooked up with this clothing company. Zines, yes. I think we made three zines and um we had a show every Sunday, everything from like, we would book four bands. So you'd, you'd see like a a hip hop band, a punk band, and a um, singer songwriter and some like EDM band. And then in between, we would have poets. And then we would have these like live artists doing like a month long, like, like one time I bought mannequins. And I'm like, yo, for a month, every week, you can only work on it here for a month. You guys are going to make like you guys are going to have your own mannequins and and it'll be complete in a month or like we made a big globe. Like you get this part of the world blah. I... So I was always at, from the point where I felt like I didn't belong or my whole life then wanted to have this like passion to before inclusivity was the was the word. That's right. what I was doing. Now I look back and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I was doing. I was putting all of these rockers and hip hop heads and singers out, all in one place and having my dad barbecue in the back. <laughs> oh, and sounds at great. The first spot we were at was at a gay bar in the valley. Like it was crazy. You know, it was like on a Sunday afternoon. It was just and I just kept going. So that was tart and feathered. And then I was. And then I did Speakeasy at the last bookstore, which is a staple out here in um, LA for like six years, just free every Monday night. I just kept showing up. Like It got to the point where I didn't even know anybody who worked at the bookstore, except the cashier and stuff. I didn't know any of like the higher ups and they didn't know me either, but they're like, we can't close it because everybody comes here for it. <laughs> we don't know her. Can someone introduce us? I'm like, yeah, who runs this place? Um, so that was Speakeasy. Then, I- then it overlapped with The Great Company uh, this other spot that I did stuff, and we were initially the great mic, and then we became our mic, and then we started getting to really, And that's when, so speakeasy was like Skid Row folk to the you know veteran poet that I just know from spaces because Skid Row folk would literally give up a bed to come to my mic, mm-hmm. and some of them would like full drum kits just for their like five minutes on the mic. It was it was crazy. It was bananas. And then I overlapped with our mic. Um, which was a dope space, which did innately cater more to the Asian face and Asian diaspora. And that's when I started really realizing like, these motherfuckers have never been talked to like just an artist, Mm -hmm. just like. So I started doing these things called round two, which is now B-sides at Palms Up Academy, where, yeah, it's an open mic, but then after the mic, not after it, within the mic, maybe I'll put up 20 people then I'll get all those 20 people back up in different situations. Maybe they go back into their poem, but they sing to the singer songwriter, the singer songwriter sings to them, you know, like maybe, I don't know, maybe I just jotted down everybody's one line from, from their pieces and then I just have them come up. And then all of a sudden it's like a choir They you just say that line, you just have to sing that line. And then all of a sudden there's all these harmonies and then I'll have someone come up and do their piece again in front of this, like, choir of of sounds you know cacophony of sounds um there's so many things and i and I don't ever know what I'm gonna do until I'm inspired mm-hmm. by the list that night so our mic happened that ended uh because of space and everything and then nine months later two thousand eighteen birth palms up academy and um and that's basically what we're doing now Palms Up academy is a slew of programming from the mic itself we just opened in person last week wow. um we, congratulations thank you we're so excited <sighs> it's this dope amphitheater um in highland park um at us at a school campus which we are actually helping them we just started our gofundme today too we're oh. we're helping them we're trying to get their enrollment up and and principal jake is actually from the bay area uh and, but his name's Jake Gordon if you guys may know him um but he he knows all of our people in the bay and he's the principal now he became principal during covid times but his whole thing with his school with his high school is like he's focused that he is like uber focused on decolonization curriculum which is super super dope and it's a small school so we're we're really trying to help him up his numbers by having the mic there and having an access point. And we're also going to be doing some outreach to to some of the schools in the area to try and get his numbers up, the enrollment. Otherwise, they're going to close in 2022. Mm -hmm. So that's Los Angeles College Prep Academy and Palms Up Academy together. But we also have classes. I mean, I I teach um, art class for creatives. My boy Fuzzy, we started a program called Chords and Fuzzy toured with Public Enemy. He was on The Voice. He does like Mm K-pop stuff, like super dope. so just trying to really create every all these ways where we can reach out to artists, like that there's a platform, that there's a place that you can come to. Mm-hmm. And and if we don't have it, and you want I'll probably find a way to create it. <laughs> oh, I really want to learn magic. Actually, we do have a magician in our camp. <laughs> yeah, then we'll have you. Yeah, you go train with Dre Magics, you know. So so it's like we have. Cause I feel like really blessed as, as hard as life has been for me and feeling unseen. I mean, we could go on forever. I know I got to go though, but, but like <laughs> I know. my brothers and feeling unseen, not just in the industry, but then even in your own family fighting so hard for that. Now it's like everything that I'm doing now with palms up and, and my niece's video goals. I don't know if yes. you guys got to see it. Yes. Um, we need to talk about that things. next time. Yes. Yeah. Supporting the next generation. It's like, this this work that I'm doing now is about people feeling like hoping, I'm trying to help facilitate folks to understand art and not art in general, like your art, your narrative. I'm not looking for cookie cutters. I'm looking for autonomy, you know, so understand your own narrative, your own art, especially in this day and age with social media, because you can put a bunch of bullshit out there and then you're going to look back at it in 10 years and maybe you'll be like, oh, shit, that was funny. I grew and I evolved. Or maybe sometimes you're going to be like, who the fuck was that? (laughs) And why (laughs) was I doing that? And, And then even more so, maybe you'll be like. I'm so stuck in 10 years ago, I'm still making the same kind of art because that's what I was I I don't know that's what I was knowing for that's all I knew. So, it's really about Palms Up Academy is really about knowing yourself and then how are you going to be doing and then how are you going to be doing that storytelling and helping with it whatever resources that I have uh, from myself and my family and people I know like how can I help facilitate that for you? How can we get your album maybe? How can we get your chapbook made? How can we make your zine? How can we do all of those things. But then there's this base of programming that people can just come and fucks with it and just be like, I'm an artist, I think. All right, let's go, let's roll. Let's see what's up, you know? So from every access point to like, I like to think of Palms Up Academy like a gym. Hmm. So if Palms Up Academy was like a gym. It's, it's like if you show up to the my whatever, it's already, you're already a member, all right? You're already a member, you're in the mirror, you like doing your reps, cool. We have this program called circles and they're intimate five person um zoom circles where it's like if you were at the gym and you were like yo i need a spot you can you show me how to do this you know with like a group so five person intimate feedback circles but then we have classes which are down the hall like the zumba classes the spin classes okay we got our class for creatives we got chords we got this other one coming out um breath and body like we have these other classes and then when we do things like glimmer my short film or um we're about to go into production and to like a mixtape like now you're in the ring now we have to deliver now we got to really do this shit like now you're actually literally in the fight you know so um so that's kind of how i kind of how i think about it whenever i think of another program like is this a is this a palms up flash fest like where we're just putting on content and or or a nine at nine we have a online mic nine at nine every thursdays that we started because of covid or even this recess mic or is this like more of a circles thing like a group thing or is it like a this is intensive this is really intensive guys you need to go down the hall and like really work yourself out um so it's kind of what we're doing i mean that is what we're doing we just keep building so (laughs) oh but we're gonna be up there we're coming, yeah, I know. Um, you're coming Gardens. Cam. I know. We're coming it's for Cam. Yes. Yes, we're coming for Cam. And we also um, was really cool, got hooked up with Cultivate Labs, and we're doing a pre reception uh, at Kapwa Gardens from three to five this Friday. This Friday. Okay.
0: I mean, okay, we're going to have to have you back on, but Ariana Bosco, I mean, you're, you're teaching us. So thank you so much for being on the show. And um, we see you. So, Hey, lady b-
1: Lady Bosco, queen, yeah. boss
0: bitch. Yeah. Boss bitch, go boss, boss bitch. bitch. <laughs> yes, thank you for being on Bitch Talk.
1: If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com.
1: This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co host
0: is Angela Tabora, aka Captain Party.
1: The show's edited by producer Shar.
0: We're powered by GoTo Productions.